Open your Bibles with me to the Gospel of Mark, the fifth chapter. The fifth chapter of the Gospel of Mark. We're studying this, the life of Jesus, preaching um, about the life of Jesus through the Gospel of Mark. And so today I'm going to read to you from Mark chapter 5, starting with verse, verse number 25, and some, a very, very familiar, familiar passage of Scripture. Um, this has been preached on numerous times. I've preached on it before, but um, I'm going to preach on it again. Is that all right? Amen. I don't think you can ever exhaust the Word of God. And so there's some things, uh, some valuable, a valuable lesson. Uh, there's many lessons here in this particular incident and in this narrative, but there's one that we want to focus in on today. Verse number 25, Mark chapter 5, says this, Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for twelve years, and had suffered many things from many physicians. She'd spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. But when she, notice verse 27, when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, If only I may touch his clothes... I shall be made well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. You can feel the power of God when it comes into your life. Amen. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. And I want to call your attention to verse number 28 in the, in the, uh, in the fifth chapter of Mark. It says, For she said. In Matthew's account of this, in Matthew 9, he gives the same account in that gospel. But in Matthew 9, 21, says it this way, For she said to herself, for she said to herself, If I only may touch his garment, I shall be made whole. The Amplified translation says it this way, For she kept saying to herself. And in the Greek text, it is in that continuous mode that it wasn't something that she said to herself just once but it was something that she kept saying to herself over and over and over. And the note in the, I'm just, I'm just trying to clarify that what I'm telling you is, is, is right, okay. The note in the Expositor Study Bible says she kept saying it over and over to herself. 
So I want to talk to you this morning about this incident of this woman and uh, who was healed from this issue of blood. And I want to talk to you today about how to talk to yourself. How to talk to yourself. I read a story about a man who was grocery shopping with a very uncooperative three-year-old. Anybody ever done that? Miss Natalie probably never has, has she? Uh, <laughs> but uh, he was doing the grocery shopping for his wife and had his three-year-old uh, there, and the three-year-old was kind of acting up. And uh, the dad was overheard saying, Now, Johnny, this won't take long. Just calm down. So as they went through the grocery store, the child seemed to become a little more uncontrollable. And so the dad continued to say, Now, Johnny, just calm down. We'll be done in a minute. Johnny, settle down. We're almost out of here. And then with the time that, by the time they got to the checkout, I mean, the little boy was, was, was really acting up. He was kicking and he was screaming. And the dad said, Johnny, we'll be in the car in a minute and everything will be okay. And there was a person that was standing there and overheard what was going on. And the person at the checkout said, You know, I think it's great the way you handle little Johnny. And the dad looked at her and said, You know what? He's not Johnny. I'm Johnny. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise God. This guy had learned how to talk to himself. And I think that we all uh, do that from time to time because even here in this text in Mark chapter, Mark chapter 5, Matthew chapter 9, and it's also in Luke chapter 8, all the synoptic gospels give the same account of this woman healed at the issue of blood. But here in this text, we have a woman that was talking to herself. She was carrying on a conversation with herself because she said within herself, and as I pointed out, it's in the continuous text. The text is in the continuous mode, so it was that she continued saying over and over to herself. So she's having a conversation with herself. And I think this is probably something that all of us do from time to time. Am I right about that? Does anybody here ever talk to yourself? Anybody ever talk to yourself? I think we all do. And you know, it's been said before, it's okay to talk to yourself. But when you start answering yourself, that's when you got a problem. But, um, but we all do that. It, 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 it's it's all, the, all, of us, all of us fit into this category that we all do talk to ourselves from time time to time. And what we say, since we do that, since we do talk to ourselves, then what we're saying to ourselves would be vitally important. Would you agree with that? It does matter what you say to yourself and what you say when you're talking to yourself. And so um, since we all do that, then I want to, in this message, talk about how we are to talk to ourselves. Since we're going to do it anyway, we're going to keep on doing it. We need to be, make sure we know how to do it and we're doing it right. Because here's the thing that I want us to get a hold of today. And I, I, I want to stress this point this morning and that is this, that your words are very powerful. Our words are very powerful. What we say is very powerful. Now, I guess I need to put out a, a little disclaimer here and, and tell you that what I'm going to teach you and minister to you this morning is not Norman Vincent Peale, the power of positive thinking. We're not talking about that. Well, I'm not 
talking to you about Christian science. I'm not talking to you about anything metaphysical. I'm not talking to you about mind over matter, okay? You got that? I'm talking to you today about a biblical principle that we'll back up with the Word of God that tells us and talks to us about what we say and what our words, the words that come out of our mouth, how vitally important and powerful that they are. Because we are tremendously, I think you'll agree with me, we are all tremendously influenced by what people say. Uh, you, you, you and I are all influenced by the words of others. Is that right? And there's no measuring the harm that a wrong word spoken can have on an individual life. A wrong, hateful word, just one wrong, hateful word can be spoken to somebody and, and can destroy somebody's life. Do you realize, do you realize, and this is how important this, this subject is because do you realize that you have the power by what you say to destroy an individual's life? Amen? We, we saw that not too long ago in the, in the uh, Brett Kavanaugh hearings and things. There's power in what you say to kill and to destroy or to lift up and to make alive. So our words have power in them to hurt people or our words and what we say also have power to help people and to lift people up. The Bible tells us that our words should be uh, with grace. Paul said that our speech should be with grace. What we say should be filled with grace and seasoned with salt. And so what we t- say can hurt and what we say can help. Our words have the power to kill and our words have the power to give life. And so I don't think that you can overestimate the power of your words. As a matter of fact, Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21 says that death, and this is what the Bible says, that death and life are in the power of the tongue. So your tongue is a very influential and powerful member of your body. Can I get an amen? So we should never, ever, ever, and this is something that we we need to uh, understand and realize that you and I should never use our tongues or use our words to spread gossip, We should never use our tongue or our words to criticize, to destroy, to hurt, to tear down, to to tear somebody's character apart, anything like that. We should always use the words that we say, especially as believers, as Christians, our words should be used to bless and to heal and to help. Can I get an amen? You agree with that this morning? Amen? So you know James. The, the, the James had a lot. He was James was the uh, the Lord's half brother, and he had a lot to say about the tongue in James chapter three. So I'll give you a little homework assignment today, and you've all read it. But go home and read James chapter three, and just meditate that on on that again today. But but James said some things about the tongue. James said that the tongue. Here's the way James described the tongue. He said that the tongue is a He said it's a fire. He said it's a world of iniquity. And he said it sets on fire the course of nature. And listen, James said that the tongue is set on fire of hell. Am I in the right church today? 
That's, I'm not making this up. That's in the Bible. Amen? James said that the tongue is an unruly evil that is full of deadly poison. And he said, with that tongue, here's what we do. And he's writing to Christians. And he said, with the tongue, we bless God. And then with that same tongue, we curse men. And he said, out of that same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. And then he said this, he said, My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Amen? So in other words, he's saying you, don't, you should never use your tongue to curse or to hurt or to destroy, but you should always use your tongue and your words to encourage and to bless. Amen? You know, how many, how many lives, how many lives of, of children, of kids have been totally destroyed because of the words of a, of a parent or a, a family member that were abusive and that were negative? and a child that was always told, well, you're, you'll never amount to anything. You, you're just an idiot. You're just stupid. You're just dumb. You'll never amount to anything. You know, a kid brings home a report card and maybe the grades aren't just exactly what the parent, what the parent would desire them to be. You know, what you need to be doing is encouraging that young person to bring those grades up and tell them, hey, you have the ability to do that. But, in other, but, but, but still at other times, there are those parents that will say, well, you're just stupid. Don't you know any better than that? I'm, I'm trying to point out the fact that what we say can, can affect a child's life, an individual's life forever and forever and forever. And there's so many children that have been given over to feelings of worthlessness and inferiority and things like that because, because of the words, hate-filled, abusive words of a parent or somebody else in their life that has run them down instead of being... A, instead of building them up. So I just want to lay a little foundation and, and just let you know today and just remind you today of how, how important it is to watch what we say. And with James saying that the tongue is an unruly member, the most unruly member in our body, and he said that no man can tame the tongue. He said we can tame dogs, we can train dogs and cats and, and horses and animals. We put bits in the horse's mouth and turn them the way we want them to go. He's using that as an, as an example and as illustration, but he said that tongue no man can tame. And somebody would say, well, what? we're just hopeless then if nobody can tame the tongue. Well, I tell you what, there, it said no man can tame the tongue, but I can tell you that the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost can tame the tongue. Amen. That's why it's important to get baptized in the Holy Ghost and yield your tongue to the Holy Ghost and speak in other tongues. You're allowing the Holy Ghost to tame your tongue. Come on, somebody. Amen. Praise the Lord. So it is the most unruly. Somebody would say, who's, what's, who's the most unruly thing, basically? When he said this, Isaiah said, The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. I think all of us need to learn that, to know that, how to speak a word to a person that is weary. Amen? In due season. You see, when life knocks us down, and when things have gone wrong in our life, and when, when you've just crashed, your life seems like it's crashed into ruins, and you're at the bottom of the heap, how much, how much an uplifting word from a friend can do and can bring into your life. Come on, somebody. Amen? 
I believe that today. We can help people. We can lift up people. We can encourage people. And we need to be encouragers of one another. To put heart into somebody and to help somebody along the way. Amen? When you need a strong staff to lean upon and you need a sturdy hand to pick you up, do you know many times it can be found in a word fitly spoken? A right word at the right time at just that moment that can bring life back into somebody that's just about to give up. Amen? That A word of encouragement. How many would say today, Brother Rick, I want to be an encourager today. Amen? I don't want to be a discourager. I want to be an encourager. And everybody gets discouraged. And everybody needs a little encouragement along the way. Come on. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, you know, even Job, and we, we're familiar with the book of Job, but even one of Job's comforters, probably the only, one of the only compliments out of all that Job's comforter said to him, they were always telling him what a hypocrite he was. But one of Job's comforters did say of him, he said, your words have, have upheld him who was stumbling and you have strengthened the feeble knees. What an encouragement that is. There's not anything greater much that could be said about a person than that right there. Your words have upheld him who is stumbling. Your words have strengthened those who were weak in the knees and about ready to give up. Amen? I want that to be said about me. And so how how careful we must be about what we say to one another and what we say about one another. We must guard our lips and our tongue. And David even prayed. And David even prayed and said, Lord, set a watch over my lips, over my mouth, and guard my mouth and my tongue. Amen? I think that would be, be a good prayer for all of us to pray today. Amen? Lord, set a watch. Don't let me say anything that I shouldn't say. Don't let me, don't let me, don't let anything come out of my mouth that is, that is negative or that is critical or that is hurtful. Amen? Are you with me today? Woo! See, this is pastoral preaching here. The evangelists come in and pump you up, build you up, and get shouting and all that, but then I gotta come along and teach you. Amen. So what we say to others is important. Do you agree with that? Well, if what we say to others is so important, then I would say that what we, I would also concur that what we say to ourselves is also important as well because our words are important. And what we say to ourselves is of utmost importance because, listen, you can talk yourself into victory or you can talk yourself into defeat. You can talk yourself into going on, or you can talk yourself into giving up. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. But here in this text, in, in Mark chapter 5, we have a woman that we're all familiar with, the, the woman with this issue of blood, but here was a woman who talked to herself. She had been going through a very difficult time in life and dealt, dealt very harshly with this lady.
She had suffered, we learned from the text, that she had suffered for 12 long years with, a, with an issue of blood. There was a constant hemorrhage that she had for 12 long years. She had suffered also, not only of this disease, but she had also suffered extreme pain from the hand of many physicians and many doctors without a cure coming in her life. She had, she had, she had went to every clinic that she knew of, every doctor of her day at that time, and they just weren't able to do her any good at all. They'd given her all the treatments that were available at that day, but Nothing seemed to help. Luke, who was a physician himself, even mentioned in, in his gospel, he said, he adds that she had spent all her living on physicians. Everything that she had, neither could be healed of any. The only thing that these doctors were able to relieve her of was her money. Praise God. They didn't relieve her of her disease. They didn't relieve her of her suffering. But Luke says that she spent all of her living on physicians. That seems to indicate that she may, this lady possibly was at one time very well off financially, that she could have been wealthy at one time. But through these 12 years, all of her finances had went to try to get rid of this ailment, this affliction, this disease. She had spent everything that she had trying to find a cure, but the only thing that seemed to happen was she got worse. She got worse. She didn't get any better. There wasn't any improvement, but she got worse. So in this scenario and in this situation, it would have really been easy for her to get down on life. Can't, can't and you agree with that? It would have been very easy for her, and I'm sure that she was at, in her life that there was some discouragement. You know, she's tried everything. Nothing seems to do any good. And so she could have had a conversation with herself that went something like this. She could have said, you know, I've suffered so much. I've tried everything that I know to try, but I'm still no better. It just looks like that the cards are stacked against me. It just looks like and it seems that life has cheated me and God has failed me and there's just no use in going on or trying anymore. I'm just going to give up and quit. I don't understand why God has allowed this in my life. We must, we, maybe God's not the loving God that we've been, been, been led to believe He is. And that could have easily been the conversation that this lady carried on with herself. Because I'm sure that uh, there's probably some of us that are here today that have been through similar situations in our life that this lady was in where it seemed like the prayer wasn't answered, it seemed like the victory didn't come. It seemed like everything has gotten worse in spite of everything we can do and we've probably had those conversations with ourselves. Well, I just don't understand why things don't get better. I don't know what to do. Why has God left me in this situation? But you know what? 
If she would have talked to herself in that way, she would have come to a place of total hopelessness and helplessness. And, 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 and she would have just got to the place where she would have chucked the, old, the whole idea of ever being cured, of ever being healed. And that's the way that it is today with so many people, so many Christians. We talk ourselves into despair. We talk ourselves into defeat. There's never a positive word that comes out of our mouth. There's never a word of faith, never a word of victory. You have got to learn how to talk to yourself in the right way. Come on. Hallelujah. Again, I'm not talking about some metaphysical religion, not, not some mind over matter thing. I'm talking about encouraging yourself in the Lord. How many knows that David even did the very same thing? In the book of 1 Samuel, you know, when, when, when the Amalekites had wiped out the city of Ziklag, David's men had spoke of stoning him. He was at the lowest point in his life. Everything that he had had been stolen. Everything was gone. And the Bible says that when his men spoke of stoning him, it said, that David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. It's always good when there's somebody to encourage you, but there's not always going to be somebody to encourage you. And when there isn't anybody else to encourage you, you've got to learn how to encourage yourself. You've got to learn how to talk to yourself. You've got to learn how to bring yourself out of that mess. Hallelujah. And believe God for victory in your life. Come on, somebody. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Listen to the conversation that this woman had with herself. Now, we talked about what she could have said, what her conversation might have been, but thank God that wasn't what it was. But she said within herself, I believe this is what she was saying to herself over and over. Well, I may be sick, but I ain't dead yet. It may seem that I've exhausted all my resources, but that just isn't the case. That isn't so. Because even though I've tried all the doctors, even though I've tried all the, that medical science can give me today, I've been to, to all of them and they haven't, haven't helped me at all. But you know what I've heard about a man by the name of Jesus? And they tell me that he has the very might and the very power of God with him. They tell me that his hands have touched and cured the incurable. They tell me that he has opened blinded eyes. They tell me that he has cleansed lepers. They tell me that he's even raised the dead. They tell me that this man has calmed storms and that he's a miracle worker, that there's something special about this man by the name of Jesus. She began to talk to herself like that and she said, you know, if I can just get to him, if I can get to him and if I can just touch the tassel of his garment, I know that I'll be healed. If I can just get to where he is and just touch that tassel of his garment. There was an old song, there was a couple in our church down in Cape when Vicky and I, when Vicky and I, uh, first got saved and began to go to church, you know, and, and uh, it was an elderly couple, and I can't think of their name right off the top of my head, but, but there was a song that they would sing a lot, and every time they would sing this song, I'm telling you, the whole congregation get blessed, but the song, and I'm not going to sing because I don't have my singing voice today. 
But the song said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, if I could just touch some part of his clothes, I know I'd be healed, my sins all forgiven. If I could just touch him, I know I'd be whole. Oh, come on, amen. Can I tell you today that if you can touch him, whatever your situation may be, whatever your need may be that you're facing in life today, you know what you need to be doing? You need to be talking to yourself and you you need to be talking to yourself the way this woman was talking to herself. You need to be talking some faith and you need to be talking some victory to yourself. Come on, amen? You need to be telling yourself, I know that I may be in this condition but I still know Jesus is my healer. I still know there's nothing too hard with the Lord. I still don't understand what I'm going through but I do know that I'm going to keep on keeping on and trusting him and believing him and I'm going to touch him and when I do, everything's going to be alright. you got to keep talking to yourself. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah! Amen. We'll fool around and be Pentecostal this morning. So she's talking. She's having a conversation. She kept saying it over and over to herself. And she kept her, by doing that, she kept herself in faith. She kept her hope alive. That was, that was the outcome of this conversation that she was having with herself, that basically she kept her hope alive. She kept courage and her courage and her faith from dying. She, she, she kept herself going by the conversation that she was having with herself. Because here's the facts, ladies and gentlemen. If you lose heart, and if you lose faith, and if you lose courage, you're done. Hey, stick a fork in you. You're done. Are you listening to me? I know you're looking at me kind of funny, but there's nothing that anybody can do for you, and there's nothing God can do for you if you lose your hope, and you lose your faith, and you give up on God, and you throw in the towel. You're finished. You cannot lose your faith. It has to be kept alive. See, if you, listen, if you believe that you are whipped, if you believe that you are defeated, then you will be defeated. There's no way that you can be an over Overcomer or be victorious if you believe that you are whipped. If you are knocked down and you have convinced yourself that you can never get up, then you will lay there and you will whine the rest of your days. If you have made up your mind to die, then you will die in spite of what anybody else can do for you, in spite of what the Lord Himself can do for you. If you lay down and quit and lose hope and lose faith and give up nobody can help you not even the Lord you've got to keep believing you've got to keep hope alive you've got to keep faith alive and the way to do that is you've got to keep talking to yourself and saying the right things to your own heart when you commune with your heart amen and when you commune with the Lord. See, you are never beyond the possibility of help. 
until you concede defeat in your own heart and in your own life. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs that as a man thinks or a person thinks in his heart, so is he. What we begin to think and believe in our heart, that's usually the course that we'll follow. And when we begin to see ourselves defeated, we begin to believe that we're defeated, then, then we'll live a life of defeat. You've got to learn to see yourself the way Jesus sees you. You've got to see yourself the way God sees you. Hallelujah. How does God see you? He sees you in Christ Jesus. He sees you in his son. Come on, somebody. Amen. And you've got to see yourself. And I'm going to tell you, there was never a down day in the life of Jesus. And there was never a defeated day in the life of Jesus. Because Jesus Christ is the overcomer. And he is the conqueror. And he is the victor. And if you're in him, you have victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. For the Bible says that God always, always causes us to try in and through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Thanks be to God, which always gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's how you got to see yourself today. That's how you've got to talk to yourself today. I may be knocked down, but bless God, I am not knocked out. I will get back up to fight another round because in Christ Jesus I am an overcomer. Can, I, can you get Give the Lord a praise today. So you can never concede defeat in your own heart because once that happens, you are defeated. But she kept going by talking to herself. Tell yourself, Jesus is on your side. So Jesus is in town. He's in the neighborhood. Come on, amen. The way maker is in town. The way maker is in the house today. Amen. So she gets word that Jesus is in her town and in her neighborhood, so she's determined that she's going to get to him. She begins to talk that. Well, he's in Jesus is there if I can get to him. If I can just touch that tassel on his tallit, on the prayer shawl, on that, on that shawl that's around him. If I can just touch the tassel. Oh, I wish I had time to preach on those tassels. Amen. The fringes that the Bible talks about that they were to put on those, on those garments, those blue tassels that were on there. Numbers talks about them, said thou shalt make, you shall make fringes on there. You know, I, I like to call that, mm, I like to call that fringe benefits. She, she was getting ready. She was getting ready to get in there where Jesus was and get her some fringe benefits. Come on, somebody. How, how many of y'all know that there's some fringe benefits when you're living for Jesus? Jesus, and when you're serving the Lord, there's some fringe benefits. And she said, if I can just get in there and just touch one of those tassels on the, on the, on the shawl, on the robe, on the garment of Jesus, I know that everything's going to be all right. So she's determined to get to, to him. But there's a problem. There's some difficulties that, that, that there are to overcome, as there always are. Anytime, anytime that you make up your mind to get to Jesus, and you make up your mind you're going to get something from the Lord. How many knows there's 
always going to be some obstacles in the way, some difficulties to be overcome. And so here she finds herself facing a multitude of people that were surrounding Jesus. She's weak in her body, but yet she's got to get through. There's, there's a crowd, a great pr- crowd that is in her way, that is blocking her from the master. That, that, and she could have, listen, she could have just as easily said, well, I can't get to him. I'll just go back home and I'll just give up and I'll just, I'll just concede this as the will of God for my life. But you know what? She didn't let the obstacle stand in her way. Why was that? What, what got her through that crowd? I believe it was because she kept saying to herself over and over, if I can get to him, if I can touch that tassel, if I can get to where Jesus is, I know I will be healed. Hallelujah. And in the face of opposition, she kept on encouraging herself with those very words. If I may but touch his clothes, I know that I'll be healed. Hallelujah. And so she struggles on and she presses through the crowd and, and she gets through it with, with, the, with the last ounce of strength that she has. She pushes through, crawls through. I've always pictured her. I don't know if she was elbowing her way through, but the tassel was hanging down. I'm kindly, you know, to my mind that she was maybe crawling through to get, and she got to where she could see those blue tassels hanging from the prayer shawl of the master. And as she struggles through and presses through the crowd. At last, she gets to where she can reach out her finger. And her finger, glory to God, her finger touches the tassel of his robe. Her finger touches that blue fringe that was there to remind them that they were God's covenant people. That blue fringe that was to remind them of the promises of God in the Torah. That blue fringe that was to remind them of the word of God and to remind them that included in that covenant was the healing of their bodies for his name is Jehovah Rapha the Lord that healeth thee and when she got to where he was and her finger touched that fringe that tassel something happened I mean she didn't grab it with her hands she, she just touched it and the Bible said that there was immediately something that took place Instantly, quicker than you can snap a finger, instantly she was healed. And instantly the Bible says that the flow of blood that she had had for 12 long years, that that flow of blood instantaneously stopped right there. My Lord, I don't know. I'm about to have me a, a Holy Ghost runaway here. Amen? She was instantly healed. And when we think about that, you know, she was healed not by her finger touching the the 
prayer shawl or the tassel that was there, not healed necessarily by anything like that, but the Bible says that she was healed by her faith. Jesus made that remark to her when he was talking to her a little later. He said, go your way, go in peace and be healed of your affliction for your faith has made you well. Are you listening to me? Now we know, listen, we know. Do we not know it was the power of the Lord? It was the power of God because Jesus stopped right there in the crowd and he said, hold it. Who touched me? And the disciples thought he had done flipped out. They said, you know, Jesus, you, 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 you know, something wrong with him. He's, he's messed up. There's a crowd. Jesus, uh, um, hello, wake up and smell the coffee. Uh, you know, there's a crowd around you. There's a, everybody's touching you, Jesus. And why are you asking who touched me? And Jesus said, no, somebody touched me. That was a special touch. That was a different touch because he said, I felt power go out of me. I felt power or virtue go out of me. And I'm going to tell you something. Was it the power of, of God flowing from Jesus into that woman that healed her? Yes, it was. But Jesus didn't say, my, by my power you were healed. Jesus said, your faith has healed you. Your faith has made you whole. Why is that? Why is that? Because there was a multitude thronging him and everybody was touching him. But as far as the record shows, only one person got healed. Only one person drew the power of God out of the master and into their body. And what caused that to happen? There was a transfer of power because this little lady kept talking to herself and she kept saying, I know if I touch him, I will be made whole. Give him praise. Hallelujah. Woo. I don't see anybody can sit still. Preacher, you don't need to run around and act like that. I know I don't, but I like it. Feels good. I'm 63 years old. If I can still jump and run when I'm 63, I'm planning on doing it when I'm 73. Oh, my God. get a little more winded than I did when I was 23 or 33. You ought to have seen me when I was 23. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. So the power of God goes into her and heals her immediately because she's talking to herself in terms of faith and it finds healing and and a miracle, the miracle, the healing, the cure that she has sought for for so many years, she's found it by touching Jesus. But the only reason that she was able to touch Jesus is because she continued to tell herself, hallelujah, and encourage herself and talk to herself and say, I know that everything's going to be all right. Jesus is my answer. So don't ever give up. Don't ever stop. Yeah, but Brother Rick, I've got to have a surgery. Don't quit believing. Don't give up on Jesus. Keep talking to yourself like I preached last Sunday. Ignore the voice of the devil and listen to the voice of the Lord. Listen to what Jesus has to say. Amen. 
Hallelujah. So what are you saying to yourself? What are you saying? What are we saying to ourselves? Are you, are you, are you, because we all do it. We're all saying something. So what are you saying to yourself? Are you talking yourself toward victory or are you talking yourself toward defeat? Are you talking to yourself toward doubt and unbelief or are you talking to yourself to encourage yourself toward faith? It all depends on what you're saying to yourself. Will have an effect on what you're believing in your heart. You know, some people, I'm going to bring this to a close, but some people talk themselves out of salvation. Because you know what? Every church service that a person sets in, if they don't know the Lord, the Holy Spirit's dealing with them and they're sitting there carrying on a conversation with themselves. Will I go to the altar or will I walk out of this church? And so many times people talk themselves out. Actually, they allow the devil to do it, but they're listening to the devil and they're talking to themselves and they listen to what he has to say and talk themselves out of salvation. It happened, you know, it, it happens all the time. The Bible says in, in Proverbs 14:1 that the fool has said in his heart. He's saying to himself, the fool, the foolish person is having a conversation with himself and they're saying, there is no God. You know, in that verse, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. The word there, the two words there is are in italics in the King James Version, which you know what that means when there's italicized words. In the, in the King James, it means that those words were not in the original text, but they were added by the translators to help the verse make more sense. And so if you take those italicized words out of that verse, it says this, The fool has said in his heart, No, God. The fool has said in his heart, No, God. God is saying, give your heart and life to me. Live for me. Serve the Lord. Turn to Jesus. The fool says in his heart to himself, no, God. See, that's what happened to a, to a rich fool that Jesus talked about in the Bible in Luke chapter 12. And he had a bumper crop and his farm was blessed and he had an abundance of food. And he had such a bumper crop that he had to tear down his barns and build bigger barns. And the Bible says, the scripture even says, that it says this about that fool, that he thought within himself, saying, what was he doing? He was talking to himself. He had this bumper crop. He didn't know what he was going to do. He didn't have a room to store it all. And he thought within himself. And he said to himself, I know what I'll do. I'll tear down all these barns and I'll build bigger barns. And then I'll have room to store all my crops and all my food and I'll have room for everything. And he, he said, then I'll just sit back and eat and drink and be merry. And it says that he said, I will say to my soul, soul, you've got it made. You've got enough to last you for the rest of your life. So just eat and drink and be merry and enjoy life and don't worry about a thing. 
Amen. But, but he put God off. He said to himself, I don't need God. I've got everything that I need. And he put God off to last. But the Bible says that the Lord came to him that night and said, you know, you've prepared for your life, but there's one thing you've left out. And, he, and God said to him, you fool, you fool. You, you, tonight, this very night, your soul is going to be required of you. And what's going to happen to all this stuff that you've gathered and you've put in these barns? It won't amount to nothing when your soul is required and you've talked yourself out of living for Jesus and you've talked yourself out of serving the Lord. Let me tell you something. If you're sitting here today, and I don't know where you're at with God, but if you're not right with the Lord and the Holy Spirit is dealing with you and you're sitting there having a conversation with yourself this morning, you better talk yourself into coming to this altar and you better talk yourself in to making Jesus the Lord of your life. See that prodigal son, he got all of his daddy's stuff, went into a far country, left the house, left the home of his father, went out into that far country and the Bible said that he spent all of his substance. He blew everything, all of his inheritance he lost and spent it all on righteous living and wound up at the very bottom of the barrel. He wound up, you all know the story, he wound up where? in the hog pen, slopping the hogs. For a young Jew boy, that was the most disgraceful thing that he could ever do, would be in a pig pen with the pigs, and so hungry and so destitute that he wanted to eat the slop that the pigs were eating. And that's a picture saying that sin will take you farther than you want to go, take you lower than you want to go, it'll keep you longer than you want to stay, and it'll make you pay more than you're willing to pay. Amen? And that's what that scripture says saying that sin will bring you to a place of utter destitution without the Lord, without God. But you know there's something different about this prodigal. He's different than that rich fool was because here was this prodigal in the pig pen wound up as low as he could possibly go. But it was there. Listen to me. Are you hearing me? There in that pig pen he began to have a conversation with himself. There wasn't anybody there in that hog pen to talk to except those hogs. But this this young man there when the Bible said that he came to himself. He came to his senses and he began to have a conversation with himself and he said, I know that, that, that my father's servants back in his house have it much better than I do and I think that I, if I could just be one of those servants, it would sure beat slopping these hogs and he said, to himself, I know what I will do. I will arise and get up out of here and I will go to my father's house. Hallelujah. And I won't even ask to be one of his children anymore. I'll just be one of his hard servants. But I'm getting out of this pig pen. What was he doing? What got him out of that hog pen, Brother Butch? He talked to himself. He talked himself out of the slop. He talked himself out of the sin. He made up his mind that I've got to get back to my father's house. Oh, I never will forget the day the Holy Ghost got a hold of my heart and I had a conversation with myself driving down the highway. You gotta talk to him. He, he did. 
He got up out of that pig pit and went home. You know the story. God saw him coming a long ways off. The father did, ran to meet him. He said, Father, I've sinned. I just want to be hard serving. He said, hush your mouth, son. His father grabbed him, put his arms around him, and planted a big old sloppy kiss right on him. Amen. Hog smell and all. Glory to God. Somebody said, you know, God, yeah. Does God accept us just as we are? Yes, he does. Hog slop, hog filth and all. He takes us just as we are. And he wraps his arms around us just as we are. But you know the good thing about that? He don't leave us just as we are. Because then he called and he said, bring out the best robe that we got. Bring some good new shoes out here. Get my signet ring and put it on his finger. And he got them old smelly hog pin clothes off of him and he wrapped him up in a pure robe of righteousness. I'm telling you, he had a change in his life because when he was down and when he was out, he learned how to talk to himself just like this woman in Mark chapter 5. So what are you saying to yourself today? Worship team, musicians, come on back. See, you're having, everybody here this morning right now, you're having a talk with yourself. Some of y'all are saying, I wish you'd hurry up and be quiet. Some have already left, so I just keep preaching. But everybody's having a conversation in your mind and in your heart. What am I going to do now? And so, you know, I don't know what your situation is here today. But there's some today in this service that needs healing in your body. There's some here in this service this morning, you need Jesus to pick you up. You've been going through a situation for a long time. You don't know devil's told you just chuck it, forget it, throw in the towel, give up. But today I want you to have one more conversation with yourself in this service and say this. Say it to yourself, say it to the enemy and say it to the Lord. You know what? I don't know how many times I've been for prayer but I'm going one more time. And I don't know, I don't know how long I'm going to have to battle this problem that I've got but I'm not giving up and I'm not throwing in the towel and I'm not going to stop believing and you can talk yourself today into victory into victory and out of defeat Satan wants you to be defeated but Jesus wants you to be an overcomer today amen would you stand with me this morning hallelujah hallelujah